Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. It's our Rockets Thunder postgame show. And joining me is co-host and fellow H-Town sports junkie, Stephen Kerr. Oh, it's a happy one. The Rockets take a 2-0 lead, 111-98, the final. And Stephen, Jeff Van Gundy made this statement late in the game. He said, quote, if the Rockets play defense like this, they can win it all. Wow. Well, he's absolutely right, Robert, because defense was the name of the game in, the, in this whole thing. And, and you know what? By the way, even if you hadn't said the final score, if you hadn't said that the Rockets won, the smile in your voice in the first 10 seconds when you did that opening should have been a dead giveaway that the Rockets are up 2-0 in the series. Now, if you had told me that James Harden would, be, would have a poor shooting day until the fourth quarter— that Eric Gordon would be 0 for 10 from three, and that McLemore would, would have a poor shooting day, that Westbrook is not playing. If you told me all this before game two, I think we'd all agree that the Rockets would lose and this series would be tied one-to-one. But, you know, it, it wasn't always pretty. But thankfully, beauty contests, they're usually reserved for the Miss America pageant. The Rockets won the game. They're up two games to none in the series. Ultimately, Robert, that's all that matters. But... You said it, and Jeff Van Gundy said it. Defense was it. Not just two wins, Stephen. Dominating, really, when you look at the final scores. I mean, they're, they're, they're tough. Oklahoma City's tough, and they're, you know, they're hanging in there. And, and the games, uh, most of the games were close. I mean, most the minutes of the two games were close. But, yeah, that's what you want to see. I mean, just the Rockets handling business. And, I mean, it's a four or five seed, but we know that, the Thunder are a little weaker talent-wise for a 4-5 seed. The Rockets a little bit stronger talent-wise for a 4-5 seed. So that's all you can ask for from the Rockets is to go out there and not just win, but win in commanding fashion. Yeah, the, the final score in Game 2, I don't know, is quite as indicative as what the final score looked like in Game 1. I mean, the, the game was was back and forth. That That first quarter was definitely an exciting quarter. You know, the Rockets kind of fell off the map in the second quarter, but they had built up a lead. And the Thunder, they were missing quite a few shots in that quarter. That That's basically what helped the Rockets hang in the game. You know, and then in the fourth quarter, when the Thunder looked like they might pull away, then the Rockets just came back and they just, like you said, they took care of business when they needed to. And that defense, I'll tell you what, James Harden might have had a poor shooting day for most of the game, for, for three quarters, basically. But his defense, I mean, everybody played great defense, but how about James Harden just consistently playing great defense? That was the big thing for me that stood out. And yeah, the Rockets win by 13, and then they win by 15 in the first two games of this series. They did it in in dramatic or different ways, I should say. But hey, two games to none is two games to none in a series like that. This is big. Okay, you could talk James Harden in the fourth quarter, and and I'm going to get back to James Harden because, again, lots of positives with him. But this game, if you look at it, came down to one small stretch. And we got to talk about a guy named Daniel House and that huge sequence he had from about the 10-minute mark in the fourth to the seven-minute mark. He was making shots, drawing fouls, coming up with massive rebounds. The game went from tied to the Rockets up by 10. Most of that was the kid from Houston. And I can't tell you what he did before or what he did after that, but that one stretch in the ballgame, Stephen, 
that was it. And that's the difference in the ball game. They, the Thunder never recovered after that. No, they didn't. And it was so good to see it. You know, he, uh, it was amazing that, you know, Daniel House, we've been kind of waiting for him to break through in the playoffs. And, and this was definitely his breakthrough game. And that that's what sparked that 17-0 run in the fourth quarter that the Rockets, I mean, that was, you talk about big. That's really what was big. And Daniel House made it happen. What was he? He was tied for the, the leading score. He, he was the leading scorer until Harden started warming up. Who would have thought that? Daniel House, your leading scorer for most of the game? especially in that fourth quarter when he really got it warmed up. Yeah, 38 minutes, six for 13 from the field, three from eight from three, made all of his free throws. He went to the free throw line a couple of times, four for four. Not only that, nine rebounds, nine big rebounds, and a lot of that was in the fourth quarter, and he was plus 19. So when he was on the floor, good things were happening, uh, like I talked about. But I'll go back to James Harden because – People say, oh, you're always so tough on James Harden. Look, this is the James Harden you want to see. When he doesn't have a good shooting game, he does the little things. I loved his decision-making uh, for the entire, you know, basically the whole second game, but this is two straight games now he's done this. And I also love that this hasn't been the James Harden show, Stephen. It hasn't been give the ball to James, everybody clear out every time down the floor. D'Antoni and Harden appear to be making the offense Less of Harden going one-on-five like in years past. You read my mind, Robert, because I was going to address that too, is that this game is so big in in other ways besides the obvious, the fact that you know the Rockets are up 2-0 in the series. If James Harden cannot carry this team, and if Russell Westbrook is not going to play, or even if Russell Westbrook does come back to play, what the Rockets need is for others to step up, like Daniel House did in the fourth quarter, like Austin Rivers did early in the second quarter, things like that. They need other people to carry the team if James Harden isn't going to do that. Or, at the very least, Harden needs to do other, you know, more of the, the small things, like playing defense, like dishing out the assists that he did in Game 2. And, you know, getting back to that 17-0 run in the fourth quarter, Robert, when it, the Rockets went on a 15-0 run part of that time, Harden was on the bench. He checked back in right after that. So, you know, they were doing that without Harden, even in the game. And that's when I started thinking about that is, you know what, if this team can, can play like this, when Harden is either out of the game or struggling all the better and just keep playing the defense, that indeed is what's going to carry the Rockets out of this series and further in the postseason. They, they have to keep doing that time and time again. If you're going to have fits and starts like what Harden had in game two. Yeah. You read it. Read my mind, you you led me right into it perfectly because the Rockets, when the others are doing things, and it, this is about the Rockets have a real bench now, but seven players in double figures. Only McLemore of the rotation guys didn't get didn't get into double figures. Let me repeat that: seven players in double figures. That's without Westbrook on the floor. And when was the last time you remember the Rockets having a team? who could put seven guys in double figures. Well, it's been a while, and I can't even think of a time in the playoffs, certainly not recently, maybe in the championship years or something like that. But, yeah, it's, it's certainly rare. But it's, it's always good to, to be able to dish the ball to other people because, look, if you rely on one person and their shots aren't falling, which was clearly the case with Harden, you know, in the first three quarters, you've got to have other people step up. 
And it's just been so great, Robert, for both of these games. You you just you can name you'd need both hands really to name all the guys for the Rockets who have stepped up in more ways than just scoring in playing defense, being aggressive to the hoop, all those little things that you need in order to to win a playoff series. Eric Gordon, got to talk about him again because, look, I didn't like how Gordon went back to settling for threes, especially early in this game. I just don't like him just taking these long threes when he's not been rolling, not recently, not any time this year, any time this season, period. I just don't like it. But I don't know if he ever gets that outside shot going consistently, but the Rockets, they're going to need it if they want to make a run in the West, if they want to make a bigger run in the West. But regardless of all that, Stephen, the big thing is Eric Gordon is on the floor. As long as he's on the floor, he can contribute defensively. He gets to the basket. He can draw fouls. And he's just a bull in a china shop when he gets down deep into the defense, and he's hard to stop. Well, on the Rockets' very first possession of the game, Gordon drove hard to the hoop. And I remember thinking, man, if you know, if he could just get that three-point shot going and continuing to do what he just did on that first possession, then the Rockets are going to win game two easily. Well, he didn't do that a whole lot during the game. He certainly didn't have the three-point shot falling. In fact, as, as I said, he was 0 for 10, I believe. So, yeah, if, if, gosh, if he could have gotten the three-game going, and if he can then all the better for the Rockets. Okay. One thing that we haven't said, the guy we haven't said anything about yet is Jeff Green. And it just seemed like, well, did Jeff Green do anything? Was he, you know, he wasn't like, it wasn't like the first game. And, you know, then I, I go at the end of the game, I go to the box square. And I'm like, well, what's Jeff Green been doing in this game? Well, 37 minutes, six of 11 from the field, three of six from three. He's, Got seven rebounds. He's plus 13 when he's in the ball. I mean, the Rockets are plus 13 with him out there, 15 points. And oh my goodness, he it just, I, I, I keep expecting the other draft green to show up because he's been Jekyll and Hyde throughout his career. Well, it's funny because, you know, he had that big three that tied the game at 80 with just over 10 minutes left in the game. And it, yeah, he was really, it was probably the quietest 15 points that I think Jeff Green has had. You, you just, I don't know if we've just gotten so used to him lighting things up when he gets in the game and, you know, that we've set the bar so high that anything he does is going to be lower. But, yeah, and, and it's the same with, you know, with great players like James Harden do that. You know, James Harden was shooting poorly, but when he needed to, he turned it up in the fourth quarter. But Jeff Green did it. You know, he just did things quietly, and that that was so good to see. I, I really enjoyed that. And what is that, eight games in a row now that he scored in double figures? counting the the bubble and then in the playoffs. Boy, I didn't realize it was that many, and I'll take your word for it. And, and you know what else uh, we got to talk about is we a guy that we mentioned was going to be a factor. We told you to look for him. We can't pronounce his name, but we're just going to call him Lou Dort. Uh, we're going to shorten that long first name to Lou. Yeah, something like Lugan or something. Yeah, Lou Dort sounds yeah, good. Yeah, Lou Gens or whatever. But he made a big difference defensively, and it wasn't just that Harden was missing the step-back three, Stephen, uh, that he had made in game one. Dort made him work for every single shot. So this this kid's, I mean, he's a rookie. He's a rookie, and he's doing the playoffs. I was impressed, even though he can't shoot. <laughs> well, that is the thing, is that this guy's a rookie. I mean, it takes a rookie to figure out James Harden and be able to stop him. You know, it, it was funny because in the first quarter, he started throwing up three-pointers, uh, Dort was, 
and he missed a whole bunch of threes. And so it was like, I wish he'd keep throwing up more of these threes because that's all the better for the Rockets. But that's probably about the only, you know, really bad thing he did for the Thunder is uh, shooting threes that he obviously wasn't capable of making. I mean, he's not a scorer to begin with. But, yeah, he really did a number on James Harden. And I think when Harden went on that run in the fourth quarter, Dort, he was out of the game, I think, for the most part. He did come back in later. But, yeah, how about a rookie figuring out James Harden? One guy that we haven't mentioned yet in this series, and it's surprising that we haven't mentioned him, but he just he's the, the workhorse. He's the, the pit bull out there for the Rockets every single game. P.J. Tucker, all you ask him to do is play hard-nosed, tough defense, get the tough rebound occasionally, make the corner three. Well, guess what? He was four or four from three. He was the one guy that was hitting his three-pointer super consistently for the Rockets in this game. But more importantly, just doing all those little things defensively, all those things that, like, when when, when they end up with the one-on-one and P.J. Tucker's out there, it just feels like, yeah, you, you guys have got no sh- That's exactly what I want, Stephen. Thank you. Thank you for setting up P.J. Tucker with that one-on-one defensively, <laughs> especially when the guy's out on the perimeter where I feel like, yeah, P.J.'s just going to harass him and harangue him and get, you know, he won't typically – get that, let that guy get the first step. I just, yeah, I just love watching him play defense. Yeah, it's great. And he has that veteran presence out there too, which the Rockets certainly need. And, you know, you may have noticed at the beginning of the second quarter, he's had a shoulder problem for much of the season and they were working on his shoulder and he thought, boy, you know, you you just, but, but you just kind of knew he was going to bounce back from that because he's played through it for quite a while. And he came back in the game. And as you said, four or four from three, but again, it was the little things that he does and did in game two that, that made the difference for the Rockets. Yeah, one thing that I just heard recently, and I hadn't heard anything about this, and I can't remember if this is like common knowledge, but apparently like three days ago, the, he came out with the fact that there was nerve damage in his hand. And he's been dealing with that for a while. And this has been going on maybe for like a lot longer than a lot of us knew about. Yeah, I think most of the season. And, and so, you know, he hadn't been shooting the ball all that great in the bubble, but all of a sudden, boom. Lights are on, playoffs, and there's P.J. Tucker with, you know, hand issues and, you know, and, and he's making shots. He's just hitting the big shots like one after another after another when you, when you need him the last couple of games. Well, I, I certainly don't wish anything, you know, bad on P.J. Tucker, but he's he's had problems with his hands going numb, his shooting hand going numb. If, if it was numb during this game and he went four for four from three, well— you know, maybe he just doesn't need to have any feeling in his hands to put a shot up. But uh, no, in all seriousness, he, he has been battling that injury for a while, apparently. I, I didn't know it either until recently. But, uh, you know, and in that second quarter, they were kind of massaging his shoulder. So maybe that's maybe that's what he needed. He got back in the game and, you know, the rest was history. Nerve damage for PJ in, the, in, in that area, that neck shoulder area, but... Uh, the, the rest of his nerves are, are pretty darn good because he was doing all the good things for you. And also, we got to talk about, Stephen, look at what's going on around the NBA. Look, the Lakers are having a little issue right now. This is not just like, well, the playoffs start and the Lakers are the old Lakers and then the Clippers. What is this? The Clippers lost to the Mavericks and maybe they would have lost two in a row if Porzingis didn't get ejected in that first game. So all of a sudden... You're looking around going, eh, the Rockets are, if they take care of business, they're going to make this pretty interesting. I, you know, if, if the Lakers are going to play like this, 
there's no question the Rockets can beat the Lakers as long as the Rockets continue this kind of defense. Well, I, I really believed coming into the playoffs, Robert, especially with, well, actually coming into the bubble, you know, with the long layoff, I really believed that if if the Lakers and the Bucks weren't going to continue to be dominant like they were in the season before the shutdown, that anything could happen in the playoffs. I, I really believed that. I, I wasn't quite so sold on the Rockets going into the Thunder series just because of the way they stumbled at the end of the bubble. But you know what? They they got it together, and now you've seen you know the the Trailblazers over the Lakers, as you said, the the Mavericks beating the Clippers. You know the Bucks losing to the eighth seed. So I you know honestly these playoffs they could be something else, and that the Rockets really have as good a chance as anybody to win it. And and I'd say after these first two games with the Thunder. They've increased their chances even more, especially if the playoffs continue to go the way they do. This should be fun, and I'm interested to see what's going to happen if and when Russell Westbrook gets back. Uh, Was that going to happen anytime soon? We don't know, but there's no question in my mind they can beat the Thunder without Russell Westbrook. It's just uh, how much do they need him going forward? You would think they would have to have him to beat some of these other teams in the West, but boy, they've looked good these last couple of games, and I tell you what, we uh, can't close the show without thanking everybody that was a part of our Rockets pregame Zoom party. That was fun, Stephen. Yeah, that really was fun. And we appreciate Jackson Gatlin from uh, Locked on Rockets podcast for joining us. And we had some great questions. We had uh, a number of people join us. And, you know, what was cool, Robert, is we were having people join us from all over the world, from Saudi Arabia, Australia, and Paris. Yeah, Paris. Yeah, Paris. There, there are some Rocket fans all around the world, so it, and it was neat to kind of you know be up close and personal with some of the people that listen to us and uh, Jackson's podcast. So, yeah, that was fun. Hopefully we can do that again in the future. Yeah, we need to do that again uh, down the road, but uh, boy, what a, what a fun day, fun couple of games for the Rockets. Uh, they go up 2-0 in the series, 111-98, to the final. The Rockets take out the Thunder, uh, an Oklahoma City Thunder team that, was a little bit more scrappy this time. I, I saw a little bit more scrap to them. Uh, they they seemed like they were a little bit more prepared for what the Rockets are going to do. The the one thing I would say going forward, Stephen, uh, do we start seeing the do we start seeing the James Harden double teams that we've been talking about, or do they continue to do? Because they they control them for the most part this time. Well, I think as we said, Dort was the key, and I mean if he can do that kind of a job on Harden moving forward then there's really no need for anyone for them to double team James Harden. But uh, you have to hope if you're the Rockets though, that he can start lighting it up the way James Harden normally does. But gosh, if, if everybody else can step up like they did in, in games one and two, then it's not going to be such a big deal if Harden does have a bad game. But you know, for the most part, Dort did a great job on him by himself. So I don't know if the Thunder is just going to say, well, let's stick to that until, you know, until it breaks. Uh, as they come out in game three. I always love the on-off plus-minus, and I check that out after every game because I want to see what's going on, who's affecting winning and losing. And James Harden in this game was minus one. And we talked about that big stretch where he was off the floor and Daniel House had the had the great run and helped him to the great run early in the fourth quarter. But Eric Gordon, 33 minutes, he was a plus 23. Nobody was better on off in this game for the Rockets. Having Eric Gordon out on the floor, it matters. That's why we were sweating the whole season, waiting for Eric Gordon to get healthy because we knew we would need him in the playoffs, and that was a big deal. But uh, anyway, Rockets take 
uh, game two, go up 2-0 in the series. Just a reminder before we close it all out, uh, always want your feedback, suggestions, questions, topics. We want you to share our material, like us, favorite us on the different uh, social media forms, Facebook and Twitter. You can email us, info at HoustonSportsTalk.net. Talk to you again really soon. Rockets play again on Saturday. Stay healthy and safe, everybody. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.